good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. I am your host today, BJ Cunningham, joined by my co-host and friend, Anthony Bundo, in just a second. This is your Women's World Cup semi-final preview, but before we dive into it, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with the promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 years or older. Offers available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa in the United States. If you have a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. We are here to the Women's World Cup semifinals. It's Spain versus Sweden and England versus Australia. And here are your futures odds for the remainder of the tournament from Bet365. Spain is... Your favorite at plus 160, England sitting at 2-1, to one. Australia is 4-1, to one, and Sweden is plus 450 to win the Women's World Cup. We're going to start first with Spain and Sweden. Spain needing extra time to get by the Netherlands, and Sweden pulling off an upset, beating a Japanese team that could have done no wrong up until that point. But Anthony, I think we're kind of both of an agreement here, is that Spain is essentially the exact same odds as they were to advance and on the 90-minute line against the Netherlands, but now they're essentially playing a team that's better in Sweden, and the odds are about the same. Yeah, the market certainly loves this Spanish side, and uh, we both both had Spain money line, both lost that in painful yeah. fashion in the quarterfinals. Uh, I would have bet that 100 times over yep. based on how that played out. Spain took the first 12 shots of the game. They dominated the first half. Uh, I think you mentioned 17 to one at one point in the game was the shots. Uh, the Dutch get a late goal. You know, Spain falls asleep defensively. Their high line gets exposed. We've seen this before. And I think that this matchup is just a little bit different from the last one because the Dutch are much less comfortable playing out of possession. I think you saw the problems with that in the last matchup where Spain just constantly had the ball and constantly was threatening the goal. Um, Sweden is much better defensively out of possession. Uh, and they can show their abilities uh, to to attack direct and transition. Sweden's also better on set pieces uh, going forward and, and pose more of a threat there than the Dutch did. So I think those are the two main areas where you know Sweden has some advantages in this matchup and thus could be live to pull off the upset. I, I will be betting Sweden plus a half. Uh, I think they can at least get this to extra time, and I think they've been pretty much underrated by the market the majority of this tournament. Uh, especially in their last match against Japan, where we, you know, we said this going into the last round, Japan was being priced at the same number the United States was, and uh, even though Japan had looked like the best team in the tournament the first four games, that's a drastic overreaction. Uh, now Spain is kind of getting that love here, and, and Spain has more of a track record. Their priors are stronger. Their performances have been really impressive, especially the first two knockout matches, especially. But again, 
Uh, I think the Swedes are enough to hang around in this one and, and get it to extra time and then really turn this into a bit of a coin flip. So uh, if you look at the underlying metrics for the entire tournament, um, Sweden has been right up there in terms of expected goals created and allowed. They haven't been on the level of Spain, no doubt. Like nobody has, pretty much. Uh, Spain plus 2.83 expected goal difference per 90. Uh, but, you know, the Swedes are right up there, uh, right around the same numbers as France and, and England and, and a little bit worse than Germany. So they've been in that mix of teams uh, that have been very good in this tournament. So I, I think that there's uh, a little bit of value on Sweden plus a half to get a result and to get this to extra time at worst. Uh, and, you know, if, if they're able to steal one on the set piece, they could easily win this game. Uh, you can you can kind of draw a picture of where things go wrong for Spain in this matchup. For sure. And I should have mentioned off the top, you know, Spain is plus 105 on the 90-minute line. Sweden sitting at plus 260 with the draw, plus 230. Spain minus 175 to advance. Sweden plus 125 to advance at bet 365. And I agree. I really do like Sweden to get through here. You know, these two teams played in October of 2022. It was kind of a chaotic friendly. It ended 1-1. Expected goals were Spain 2.3 to 1.7. Sweden scored pretty early on in the match, sat really defensive, and just kind of looked to counter for pretty much the entire match. And I think that's how it's going to kind of set up here. And we've seen it one time so far, this tournament with Spain, where they've had to play an elite uh, transitional type team. It was against Japan, and Japan ripped them apart. In all of their other matches, they've played teams that want to build out of the back and want to play slow possession uh, buildup. And they haven't really been tested. I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. Up until the 85th minute, shots were 17 to 1 in favor of Spain. So they just fell asleep in the, in the 91st minute, and Netherlands caught them. But Netherlands had absolutely no business taking it to extra time. And now we are in a situation where Spain is coming off having to play 120 minutes, while Sweden, although they did have to play 120 minutes against the United States, had a very, very impressive performance against Japan. I mean, they took the first 12 shots of that match. They were physically imposing. They used their athleticism to the advantages that they had, and they got through. So now we're sitting here, and Japan on the 90-minute line closed somewhere around plus 120, plus 125, and now we have Spain at plus 105. So you could you could make the argument that you know there's not enough market respect here uh, for Sweden, and I kind of agree. So uh, I do like Sweden with their ability to play a very direct transitional style like they showed against the United States. And I think they're getting through here. I think this is a really good spot for them. And I think the price uh, is indicative of that. So um, I like Sweden to advance. So I'm with you. Uh, and I probably will, actually I'll probably end up taking them plus a half uh, as well. And hopefully we can get our Sweden 20 to one futures ticket to the final to be able to hedge against honestly, I, we'll, I'm not hedging. That's a that's a good transition nope. right there, Anthony. Because let's go to the next match. Because no hedge. If Sweden gets through against any of these two these next two teams, I don't think I'm gonna hedge. Well, England, if, if Sweden plays France in the final, we'll have both. Yeah, we'll have both tickets. Um, exactly. As far as I'm concerned, France is still in the tournament. Yeah, uh, I turned off the penalty shoot after eight kicks. Don't tell me yep. who actually won. Yeah. Uh, in all in all seriousness, uh, the French go out. That was heartbreaking. That was sad. Hervé standing on the corner of the bench for the entirety of the shootout, just staring off into the distance was, it almost broke me. And, and Eugenie Le Sommer, you know, as much as she's been a part of this French team and her making her penalty and then seeing her teammates one by one in the second half of the shootout choke over and over again uh, was very disheartening. But move on. Allez les bleus. Move on. Vive la France forever. Australia, your host nation is taking on England. 
England is plus 130 on the 90-minute line. Australia plus 240 with the draw sitting at plus 210. England's minus 150 who advance with Australia at plus 110. I have a specific pick for this game that I think I found a number that's a little too low, but I think we can both agree neither of these teams have really been that impressive throughout this World Cup, and I think it's it's kind of hard to pick a, a winner of who's going to advance here. I thought Australia played well against France. Uh, I woke up far too early in the morning to watch that match, uh, and I was I was half awake for most of it. But I thought they looked good, compact, organized defensively, and looked dangerous in transition. And I think that's what we've seen Australia when they're at their best. They're able to do that against teams who may be better in stature and, and, and kind of footballing history. But this Australian team also has just a, a general good vibe around them right now with the way that their pressure has been lifted from them, making it to the quarterfinals, making it to the semifinals now, winning that shootout in such dramatic fashion. I think, you know, Australia isn't all that much worse than England right now. And if you look at the underlying numbers from the the group stage, like Australia has had its issues and England has been so dominant, right? That's like the narrative here. If you just looked at like wins and losses, like Australia needed a final day win just to advance England rolled through their group, took all nine points, plus eight goal differential. Expected goal differential per 90 in this tournament. England plus 0.97, Australia plus 0.77. And I think it's pretty clear that Australia has played a much tougher schedule of opponents. Both teams played Nigeria, so that was the one common they had. But uh, the Aussies also played Canada. The Aussies had to play France. England had a pretty weak group. You know, they took care of business against Denmark. But again, look at the Australia underlying performances against Denmark versus what England did. I mean, it's pretty comparable. So I don't really think England has played at the level to warrant them being a real sizable favorite in this matchup against the Aussies. I think what's happened here is that the market is giving England credit and and the prior on this England team is really strong because they won the Euros last summer at home. And I've said this all tournament long and I bet against England a lot in this tournament. They have not warranted that power rating at any point in this tournament because the same it's not the same team i mean they've they've got so many injuries with kirby uh with mead and williamson not being there and now lauren james suspended for this match they have not been effective uh and consistent and played at the level that that power rating has warranted so i think there's been value going against them in every match and i think nigeria was clearly the better team i think columbia england was relatively close to even once you take out that goalie mishap which ultimately decided the game for Colombia. Uh, and I think if you look back to England's group stage, the Denmark and the Haiti matches were not uh, England at its best. So we have not seen England's best, really, except for maybe a half hour against China. And I don't think we're going to see it. So Aussies is a dog here at home. I like it. I think that, you know, it's pretty much the same price Aussies were against France. And I think France is playing better than England uh, coming into that semifinal. It's another few days for Sam Kerr to maybe get healthy. I mean, I'm not expecting much from her now because she looked pretty pretty average in her hour on the pitch on uh, in that quarterfinal against France. But anything they can get from her is more than what they've gotten. So give me the Aussies as a dog to advance uh, at home. Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree because England, I mean, even the match against Colombia, you mentioned it without the goalie mishap right before halftime, they, you know, that shot had next year rating a 0.84. They only created one and a half expected goals for the entire match. So they did next to nothing for a majority of the match against Columbia. And, you know, once they scored the second goal and went ahead, they just went into prevention mode. And this is kind of what leads me into what my bet is going to be for this game. It's one of my favorite bets that I make in the men's game. But 
both teams have scored no. You can find a minus 136 out there. Um, Here we go. Both of these teams are very much set up to go in that type of prevention mode once they get ahead. We've seen it, you know, we haven't really seen it throughout this uh, group stage uh, through the tournament with Australia, but they do play out of a 4-4-2. They're fine being compact. They're fine not having the ball, which England is probably going to control a majority of the possession here. But although England hasn't looked great offensively, I think we have to give them credit where credit's due because they have been a good defensive outfit. They, you know, they've only conceded twice the match against Colombia. I mean, Colombia took 15 shots. 12 of them came from outside the box and they only created 0.6 XG for the entire match. That's an incredibly impressive defensive performance. Then you go split that to Australia. They concede the huge chance inside the first 15 minutes against France. And then from the next, you know, 100 or so minutes beyond that, France took 18 shots and only had 1.2 expected goals. That's an impressive performance against a good French offense. And Australia... You know, they created the big scoring chance, but for the entire 120 minutes, they only had 1.6 expected goals. Like you mentioned with Sam Kerr, I got no idea about with her anymore. I don't know if she's going to come off the bench. She's going to start. Whatever it is, she wasn't effective when she was on the pitch. One shot in a little over an hour in that one. This is Australia coming off 120 minutes. I'm guessing they're a little bit gassed coming into this one. So I like both teams to score no, minus 136. I think both of these teams are very, very good defensive outfits outfits england showed it obviously being a very possession dominant team in australia is very very good at sitting compact so I, i'm expecting you know a lot of caution coming out here especially here in the first 45 minutes so if you maybe wanted to play some under you know zero goals in the first half you could play something like that but i think what we have on our hands is a pretty low event style match here in the semifinals yeah, I thought it was interesting, though. You know, England in, this, in the quarterfinal against Colombia, I was watching the match uh, with a friend who doesn't really watch much soccer. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. The comment he made uh, maybe like 15, 20 minutes to go was that like, oh, yeah, Colombia is going to score. Look at how many opportunities they've had. Mm-hmm. And in, in my soccer brain, I'm thinking, well, like they haven't really had a lot of opportunities yeah. uh, in terms of like shots and, and chances created. But then I thought more about like what made him say that. And I thought it was interesting. The number of times that Colombia got Caicedo or Myra isolated uh, out wide with the English with the English players running at them into the penalty area or on the edge of the penalty area with space was was kind of alarming for England and that's my concern here for them because a better a team with you know more transitional talent and maybe more uh, connectivity in the final third would have taken advantage Colombia on a better day might have taken advantage Colombia just wasn't sharp in that match in the final third and thus you know, the result was not a lot of chances created, but it felt the whole second half like, yes, England had more of the ball, but every time they lost it, it felt like the Colombians had a chance to really exploit them. And I think that that Australian side can absolutely, um, you know, find that space in those goals. So remember, Australia is the team that beat England, ended their unbeaten run, like you mentioned. So this is, you know, uh, closer to a coin flip than the market is suggesting. Uh, and I, I love the Aussies plus 130 or better to advance. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping we can get through with our Sweden ticket to the final. And if not, man, uh, we'll see what price we can get on Spain. Up. We'll see what price we can get on Spain against uh, either of these two sides. But man, it's going to be very interesting. So that will do it for me and Anthony here for the Women's World Cup semifinals. We will be back with our regular scheduled programming on Thursday morning with your match week two preview of the Premier League. We'll also welcome in the Bundesliga and Serie A along with Match Week 2 in League 1 and La Liga. But for Anthony DeBundo, I'm BJ Cunningham. Thank you to our sponsors from Bet365, and we'll see you on Thursday morning.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.